Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Matt Odegaard. I'm your host here at Church Public, as always, and we're starting off the new year with some theology. And what that means is I just want to help you walk out your front door and live in the world, but not be like the world, as Jesus tells us, to be like Christ, um, not to be like this culture, which is, I think, harder and harder as we go through these days. So that's something that I want to help you with. I want to help you figure out as we're learning more about what it means to follow Christ in your everyday life, in the little things in the big things, in all the things, um, all of Christ for all of your life, as some say it. So we're going to help you work through that this year. We're going to look at a lot of news, though today we're not looking at news. Today we're looking at, uh, at well, a story, at a perspective that I reread um, earlier this year, a couple days ago, as the year began, um, just starting a book again called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, which is a good one to just Remember some of the basics, some of the basics of Christianity. I think it helps us sometimes to just consider, to get back to basics and know, hey, what are we doing here? What What is the point of all of this? How do we really live in this world but not become like it? And um, so we're going to look at just one quick point as we get to that where C.S. Lewis talks about, is Christ your Lord? Is he really the Lord of your life? Or is Jesus some kind of crazy liar? Is he some kind of weird and uh, uh, just absolutely insane lunatic? Those are the three options that C.S. Lewis presents to us, and I'm just going to go briefly through each of those as we think about, like, well, who is he? And this is the question for you, right? Who is Jesus to you today? What are, what are you going to do with that information? Are you going to are you going to allow Jesus to change you? and impact everything that you do? Or do you just think Jesus is a cool guy, he's a good guy, he's a good teacher, whatever, like he's fine. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a follower of Jesus on Sundays, but I'm not really gonna be a follower of Jesus the rest of the time, the rest of the days. Uh, that, that That's really the question. What are you going to do? And that, that really informs all of your life, right? Like how are you going to live your life? Are you going to live your life for Christ right now at work, at school, at the grocery store, driving around on the road when everybody else is driving crazy, uh, you're going to be more Christ-like or you're going to be more like you or the world or whatever. Uh, those are the questions, right? Those are the questions that we have to get to and have to try to figure out. So we're going to look at that today. Again, no news today. We'll be back with the news shortly um, because there's a lot of news. There's a lot of crazy things going on. And as always, I want to present you current events from a Christian perspective because I just, over the past few years, I have not seen a lot of current events from a Christian perspective. There's a lot of conservatives out there, some of the conservatives are definitely not Christian. Some of the conservatives are marginally Christian. There's very few who are Christian people giving you news from that perspective. So I wanted to jump into that fray. This year, uh, I hope is going to be a great year for you. I hope it's going to be a great year for me. Uh, God bless your family. And uh, well, let's go ahead and get started. Okay, and as always, if you haven't already, check out Church Public on all of the podcast places like Apple and Spotify and Google and uh, Amazon. I think I'm on all the places at this point. You can go check that out. As always, you can look at this. I'm going to try to post it to YouTube. This one should be fine. I mean, who knows at this point? But uh, if not, you can go to churchpublic.com. You can get more information about it there. Uh, you can like, subscribe, share, do all of the things with that. And then, of course, uh, if you feel like supporting, you can go to the support tab there and um, 
help me out just trying to do a service for you for this world uh, as, as whatever I can. I'm just going to keep talking until uh, God says go a different way. Anyway, so today, today, here's what we're doing. We're talking about C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. Now, Mere Christianity uh, is a book that he wrote that was actually a compilation of some radio broadcasts that he did. Uh, I mean, we're coming up probably 80 plus years ago now, like a long time ago, but at the same time, a lot of it is still very applicable to the day and age that we live in. So things change, some things stay the same. It is what it is. And, and really just to back up into that and, and take an even higher view on it, the reality is human nature hasn't changed. And that's what makes the Bible such a great book for all time. Uh, again, if you're just listening, again, I hold up the Bible. Um, I'll read some verses for you in a little bit, but it just, it really makes a difference because human nature doesn't change. This world tells you that we're progressing, the culture, the politicians, the academy, the celebrities, they all tell you that we're progressing. We're progressing towards this utopia. We're always getting better. Humanity is getting better. Everything is getting better. But the reality is that's just not the case. That's not how life works because we have this human nature. Again, as I say a lot, read Romans, uh, specifically Romans 3, Romans 5, Romans 6, where we learn that we're reminded, and if you don't believe that, just go back to Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, where there's some human nature that you see in those as well from the very beginning, right? We have this human nature, and this human nature just causes problems, and it continues to. And while this world, the culture says, ah, no, we're getting better. We're, we're always getting better. Everybody's good now. Then something like the war in Ukraine or Afghanistan or all these other atrocities happen, uh, and people go, well, how could that possibly happen? Because we're better now, right? We're, we're better and, and these atrocities don't happen anymore, except that they do because human nature hasn't changed ever. And it's not going to because human nature is what human nature is. So we keep making these mistakes. Again, Romans 3, all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. So C.S. Lewis, in talking about this and in talking about our place and in talking about our place in Christ, what are we going to do with Jesus? And that's what I really love about this particular section that we're going to look at today. We're going to ask, well, who is Jesus? Uh, who is Jesus to you? And he presents these three options. And I've heard, I've had many conversations with people about these three options. They're just options that you hear people say. Maybe Jesus was just a liar. Maybe it wasn't real. Uh, maybe he was just a liar and he just lied about everything and people just believed it and he, he lied about himself being God, and he lied about the God in the sky or the, the magical sky creature, as some people say God is or whatever, whatever. Um, so Jesus was just a liar. We'll talk about that. Or Jesus is just a crazy person walking around because, you know, I was going to say, Lord knows there's a lot of crazy people walking around. That's absolutely true. There were then, there are today, people claiming to be God, and they're crazy people. That's a reality. There are people who are like that. Was Jesus that crazy person that was just another person saying, I am God, and then not doing anything about it? Well, there's problems to that too. Or finally, Jesus claimed to be God, and he was God, and he is God, and we need to do something about that in our lives. I'm going to read this quote from C.S. Lewis to you from Mere Christianity, and then we'll talk about each of those briefly. So this is C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. He says, quote, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, that is Jesus. Something like, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. 
That's the one thing we must not say, says Lewis. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he has a poached egg. <laughs> love that. Or else he would be the devil of hell himself. You must make your choice. Either this man, Jesus, was and is the son of God or else he's a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him. You can kill him as a demon. But you or... You can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God, but let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Oh, there's so much in here, and C.S. Lewis was such a proliferate writer. Uh, just, I mean, I just feel like zingers is the word, right? He just has these zingers, and they're just really good, and I just really like the way that he presents some of these things. So, in other words, you can say that Jesus was Lord, if you say he just lied about everything, then really he's worse than a bad man. He's an evil demon or something of the like because the things that he lied about were really, really bad things. Or he was just a plain crazy person and people have claimed that for a couple thousand years at this point. So let's look at a couple of these claims. During his life, Jesus asked his disciples in Matthew 16, who do you say that I am? And 2,000 years later, where we are now, we still ask that same question. Who is this Jesus? So again, many people, skeptics, atheists, uh, they're all claiming that Jesus was not God and never claimed to be God, but that just simply is not true. Uh, I have an episode titled, I should have looked it up, it was something like, Is Jesus God? or something like that. I'll try to link it in the description. At any rate, you can go back and listen to that. I go on and on for a long time talking about how Jesus really did say he was God over and over and over again. I'm not going to rehash all of that today, but the short answer, backed by Jesus himself in passages like John 10 and a bunch of other passages, really all of the Gospel of John and, and many other places, and then Paul and Peter and John, and they all talked about how Jesus said that he was actually God. And in fact, I mean, here, here's the biggest proof, right? This very claim that Jesus said he was God is the thing that got him killed. The Jews repeatedly wanted to kill him. They picked up rocks to stone him. They tried to push him off a cliff at one point because he claimed things like being God. He claimed that he and God were the same. And the Jews eventually succeeded with the help of the Romans to kill him. That is the story of Easter, the story of the cross. Now, we know as Christians, as followers of Jesus, he didn't stay dead that is the miracle of the resurrection. I'm not going to talk about that at this moment, but ultimately the Jews and the Romans gave Jesus the opportunity many, many, many times to just denounce the claim that he was God and they would have let him walk away. So if he was a liar, lying about all the things that he did and said and was, as in Jesus was God, if he had just said, well, just kidding, I'm not God, they would have let him walk away. Again, read the passage, the interaction between Jesus and Pontius Pilate for more on this. He basically says, just like, why are you saying you're this? Just say you're not and, and you can go. Uh, and, and the Jews said this. Everybody gave him this opportunity, but he didn't take it. So this is the first claim that Jesus was just a liar. This is the first problem. Was Jesus just a liar? Did he lie about being God? Did he lie about all the other stuff? I, I mean, here's the problem. Most liars lie for personal gain right? They want money and power and wealth or women or whatever they want. They want something and they lie to get the thing. This is just the opposite of what Jesus did, does. He doesn't 
lie to get things. He didn't gain power or wealth or followers or women or anything like that because of his claims. Again, as we just talked about, he was actually killed for his claims and he was poor. He didn't have a place to sleep, Luke 9:58. He didn't have coins to pay the taxes, Matthew 17:24. Even when the crowds tried to make him a political ruler, when he comes in um, and they're saying Hosanna, Hosanna to, to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And right, they, they want to make him this political ruler. And then we hear in John 6.15, Jesus says, no, I didn't come to be that kind of king. To go even farther, most liars don't preach about always telling the truth like he does in Matthew 5.33 and other places. So it doesn't make sense that Jesus was just a liar. He didn't lie for his personal gain. He didn't lie for financial gain. He didn't lie to, lie to gain power. His lies made him poor and hated and killed, not the usual path of a liar. So, I mean, really, that just doesn't make sense at all. Then you get to the place where, is Jesus just a crazy person? Is he a lunatic? Maybe Jesus was just a crazy person. That's what a lot of people claim. He was just a crazy prophet running around spouting off things like many prophets do. I mean, you can make that claim. And the fact is, even some of Jesus' original audience said he was just a crazy person. John 10, uh, Matthew, I'm sorry, John 10, 20, Mark 3, 21. But Jesus himself said he was the only way to God. He was the only way to eternal life. Matthew eleven twenty seven, John 14, 6, uh, sorry, 14, 1 through 6. Jesus' brother even believed in him. So was he a crazy person? Um, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say, right? I, again, there's a lot of people who, are crazy people claiming that they're God. Sure, that's a thing that people claim. The asylums that we used to have were filled with people claiming that they're God. Now we have people walking on the streets who claim that they're God or claim that they're Jesus. But Jesus did claim that he was God and he did something that, to my knowledge, no one else in the history of humanity has done. He predicted his death and he rose again. So even if it's just that, and you don't believe in any of the miracles that he did, which were numerous, and you don't believe in any of the prophecies that he fulfilled through Isaiah and Daniel, which were numerous, even if all of that wasn't the case, the reality is, proven by historical evidence, which we'll get to in a moment, he claimed he was going to be killed and raised from the dead, and then he did it. He did raise from the dead. And again, you don't have to believe that, but the history, the records, which we'll talk about in a second, showed that he actually did this. There was a lot of evidence of him being alive after he was clearly dead. And I'm not going to get into all the apologetics of could he have rolled away the tomb? Could he have staged his own death? The history, the evidence just doesn't point that way. Read um, The Case for Christ. That's a great book that examines the actual evidence of Jesus' life and death and resurrection and comes to the conclusion of a person who wanted to find Jesus guilty of lying comes to the conclusion that Jesus did not lie about any of that. The disciples, the writers of the Gospels, the writers of the letters didn't lie about any of the things. They just told the story as it was. So, and then you have this great thing, Jesus' brother James. So Jesus' brother James, uh, Matthew 13, 55, he, I mean, think about this. Let me back up. Do you have a brother or do you have a sister? If they claimed they were God, what would it take for you to believe they were right? Uh, I'm, I'm just saying it would take a lot. It would take a lot for me to believe that my sister uh, or my brother, if I had one, was actually God. That would take a lot, right? 
And originally, James, the brother of Jesus, John 7, didn't believe in Jesus really at all. And, and Mark says he thought Jesus was insane, Mark 3.21. However, after Jesus is resurrected and comes to him again, 1 Corinthians 15.17, James became a radical follower of Jesus. Acts 1.14, James was huddled with the early believers right from the beginning of that movement, and James had become one of the early apostles. Galatians 1, Paul talks about him as one of the pillars of the faith, pillars of the early church. Galatians 2, uh, alongside the other apostles. In Acts, Peter shows deference to James as one of the central leaders in the early church. Acts 12 uh, and Acts 21, James was one of the central leaders at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15. If you convince your own brother that you're actually God, I'm just saying, that's a pretty high confirmation. Now, you're going to have critics, as we talked about uh, a minute ago. Well, Jesus wasn't even a real person. I, I'm just going to give you a little bit of historical evidence. This is just a little bit, and there's a lot out there. Again, uh, Case for Christ is one. There's a there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of other ones uh, uh, books that you can read about the historicity of Jesus, like the historical actual evidence of Jesus being alive, um, and and that even is a point in itself. Jesus has more biographies written about him than any other person from this ancient world, more than anybody. The Roman Emperor Tiberius died in AD 37. His earliest biography is somewhere in the 110, 120 uh, range by Suetonius, which I have a book about on my shelf over here. Alexander the Great died in, died in 323 BC. His earliest biography is somewhere in AD 100. That's 450 year gap. Jesus has four biographies of his life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all written within one generation of his death. Uh, there is a Roman historian, A.N. Sherwin-White, who argues this was too quick for legends to accrue of Jesus' life that would have changed, or in his words, corrupted Jesus' life. Then you have the book of Luke-Acts. So Luke, the doctor, the physician, the historian, wrote Luke and Acts. If you didn't know that, he wrote them together as a group. So you should read them together because they start with uh, the, the foretelling of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and go all the way through the Acts of the Apostles. It's a great history of those um, several years when Jesus lived and died and rose again, and then the church was formed. That book is said to have been written somewhere around A.D. 62, just, you know, maybe 20 or 30 years after Jesus' death. Historians date Luke and Acts around 62 or earlier even because these books make no mention of the persecution of the Roman, Roman Emperor Nero, excuse me, Roman Emperor Nero, A.D. 64, and the destruction of the Jewish temple, AD 70, and no mention of the death of Paul, Peter, James, etc. The book of Acts would have mentioned these because it talks about all kinds of different persecutions. It talks about the death of early Christian leaders, Acts 8, Acts 12, but it doesn't talk about these major events, which would have been major events to the Christian faith. So they would have been in there if they had happened. It's one of those evidences where it's not in there, and that points to it being a certain age. So it points to the fact that these hadn't occurred yet. But all of those things that it points to are historical evidences, and, and this is a point that, that deserves some time. The Gospels are deeply concerned with history. Luke, in, Luke, uh, in, in the very beginning, mentions 15 historical details that have actually been confirmed. Here is the beginning of Luke. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was the tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip was tetrarch of uh, Idaria and 
Trachonitis, uh, excuse me, and Lysanias was Tetrarch of Abilene. That's 15 different things that have been confirmed to actually have occurred in history during this time. 15. That's just in one sentence. And the Bible as a whole has an, has a, uh, an incredible track record of historical reliability. Even in the last 100, 150 years, archaeology continues to confirm not deny what we read in scripture. Um, I, I pay attention to some of this stuff. I'm not going to get into that right now, but but it's just interesting, and it should confirm for you that this Bible, these words, these books that were written show historical events as well as spiritual realities. Then we get to non-Christian historians, which you probably haven't read, maybe or maybe not have heard of, people like Pliny the Elder and Josephus and others. Uh, Pliny the Elder, who was in the second century, um, he was a Roman governor. He wrote that Jesus' followers sang hymns to Christ as God, which again leads credence to the fact that they believed Jesus was actually God. He wasn't a liar. He wasn't a lunatic. They were following a God. Josephus, who did not like uh, Christians very much, he, he was, uh, I don't know if you'd say anti-Christian, but he definitely didn't like Christians very much, but but wrote about the events. Um, he was in the first century. Um, he claimed that Jesus was called the Christ, was the Messiah. Lucian was another um, Greek playwright in the second century, um, wrote that the early Christians deny the gods of Greece and worship this crucified sage, this leader, uh, Jesus. There were a lot of people that were not biblical scholars. They were just historians of the day that wrote about who Jesus actually was and, and wrote about him. There's more proof that Jesus was alive historically than there is that people like Julius Caesar were actually alive. Um, so to say that he wasn't real, that he was just a legend, that he was a lunatic, that he was a liar, ah, these things just don't really hold water. And the New Testament writers knew the difference between mythology and history. They believed they were writing history. Uh, Luke, Peter, Peter wrote, we don't follow cleverly devised tales, mythology, when we made these things known to you, the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were his eyewitnesses to his majesty, 2 Peter 1.16. Peter actually uses the Greek word muthos, meaning myth. It's, it's our modern word of myth. So that gets us back to the beginning of the discussion. Either Jesus was a raging madman, a lunatic, uh, who also lied at every turn, or he really was God. And we'll get back to C.S. Lewis here, and we'll end where we began. You have to make your choice. This is C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else he was a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him. You can kill him as a demon. You can fall or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. So this year, I hope you choose to deny yourself, get rid of your pride, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. This is the only way that we really incorporate Jesus into our lives. He was a great teacher, but that's not all. He was a sage, but that's not all. He was the Lord and Savior. He is the third person or second person. He, he is part of the Trinity, um, and he is God. 
period. Um, you, you just can't put him in any other category if you want to follow him, if you call yourself a Christian, if you're living out your faith um, and not just going to church on Sunday or going to church just on Christmas or Easter or whatever you're doing. You're going to have to reckon with that. You're going to have to figure that out. I wanted to put this message out today because I think it's a good message to start the year off with and a good message to say, well, what am I going to do this year? Am I going to lose weight? Am I going to read books? Am I going to jog? Am I going to uh, make more money? Whatever other things you've done and, and said, hey, this is going to be the year. I hope the bigger picture, the thing that's most important, the eternal thing, the thing that's going to last longer than just this life, the thing that's going to last forever, I hope you invest in that. And that is your soul. And, and this is one way to do that. Maybe you'd even say the biggest way to do that. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Change the way that you live uh, every day, starting with the Bible, starting with his words, starting with living in the way that he would have you live. And if you have questions about how to do that, you can message me, of course, or you can just open the Bible. You don't need me. You can open, if you don't know where to start, start with John. It's a great example of who Jesus is. Or if you want more detail, read through Luke's and Luke then read through Acts and read through Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and the early church. This is a great example. And then go past that and read into the letters. And then go back and read into the Psalms and Proverbs. I could go on and on and on. I just love reading the Bible. You should too. I hope this year is that for you. I hope it's a year where you just love reading the Bible and doing what it says. So for Church Public, I'm Matt Odegaard, and I hope that you keep the faith.